Guys, good Thursday afternoon. I'm Jerry Miller. It's great to be with you guys on just a glorious, glorious day. Um, I just feel this zest, um, not only for Charlottesville and Albemarle County, but just proud to call these, this, this area my home and proud to raise uh, our two boys in this area. Proud to, be, um, proud to be living here. I was walking up and down the downtown mall today because I didn't believe Judah. You know, it's not like I didn't believe you. It's like... It is like you didn't believe me. All right. I didn't believe Judah. (laughs) I didn't believe Judah. So today I walked from the pavilion to the Omni, from the Omni back to the pavilion. It's over a mile, by the way, if you want to do that walk. Um, And there's... What what number did you say? I want to say there's five storefronts that are empty on the downtown mall. Five. I got five. And I thought there would be more. And here's why I was deceived and tricked. Tricked? Here's why, deceived? Here's why I was um, bamboozled, if you may. Are you ready, Judah? Yep. I was bamboozled because the majority of the empty storefronts on the downtown mall are in the same area. They're between 4th Street, Heather Higher Way... Mm-hmm. and the free speech wall. That's where the majority of them, four of the empty storefronts, including one end cap, what used to be a bank, right there on Heather Higher Way. I'm putting them on screen. When you're on the... Oh, he's got the empty storefronts on screen. Well done, Judah Wickhauer, the enterprising director of the program. He's affable. He's approachable. He's... I need another A to help with the alliteration. You're affable. I think you're affable. You're approachable. Your viewers and listeners, give me another A here. You're... Mm, Let's see. Articulate. I'd say you're articulate. Sometimes. Affable, approachable, and articulate. Adjectives to describe Judah Wickout. The storefronts that are empty are on the Heather Higher Way chalkboard side of the mall in between that area. A couple of these owned by Joe Geek, the former head athletic trainer at the University of Virginia. I bought the I Love Seville storefront in the Macklin building from Joe Geek. So I was deceived, tricked, bamboozled, if you may, because when walking um, around I Love Seville in the downtown mall, I'm routinely between Heather Higher Way, 4th Street, and the chalkboard. Yeah. When you're on the Omni side, the code building side of the downtown mall, the only empty storefront, do you know which one it is? Uh, I mean, how far are you going? I, I mean, you I, took the pictures. I hope super, you get this answer Superette? Right. Yeah, that's the only one. The only empty storefront on that side of the mall is the Superette, the, the Hunter Smith, um, what, you know, Bodega? Is it an ele- was it supposed to be an elevated bodega? The the folly. <laughs> was it supposed to be an elevated bodega? Is that what that business was supposed to be? I think so. Something an like elevated that. bodega, right? I A guess. grab and go that was elevated. That's the only one on that side of the mall that's vacant. So it begs the question: Why? And and this has been I've been in this town and in, in a part of this community for almost twenty three years. 23 years I've been part of this community. And the entire time I've been in Charlottesville, 23 years, pretty much that entire time, in fact, I would say all that 23 years, a patron spending money downtown, restaurants, bars, music venues, the whole 23 years I've been down here. Um, And that entire time, the Omni Hotel side of the mall has always thrived while the chalkboard pavilion side of the mall has always struggled or languished. And it begs the question, why does one side of the mall thrive or have greater success or positive momentum, and the other side of the mall is more of an afterthought? I want to tackle that question today on the program. I want to tackle it with Judah. I want to tackle it with you, the viewer and listener. I also want to talk about the sale of Fox's Cafe, I referenced this to start yesterday's program, J-Dubs. Fox's Cafe, $1.4 million. Ooh, I don't like the white on white. I'm just now seeing the video feed. 
the white shirt with the white background is, is contrasting. I don't like the look of that. Um, next time I'll wear a jacket or something. Anyway, um, here's the question I have about the Fox's Cafe sale. Sean Tubbs reported this. I would think this should make its way into the legacy media news cycle. NBC 29, CBS 19, Daily Progress, Seville Weekly. Here's something that you guys should be reporting upon. The Fox's Cafe parcel sold for $1.4 million. It's a, it's a, it's a postage stamp um, of, 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 of a parcel. 0.384 acres, the 400 block of Avon Street. The entity that purchased this parcel that is home to Fox's Cafe is Great Eastern Resort Company. That's Sean Tubbs' reporting on uh, Town Crier Productions. Here's the question. And Sean, I'm not doubting Sean, I'm not doubting Sean Tubbs. Sean Tubbs is a institution, talented reporter, well-fact-checked reporter. Great Eastern Resort Company is who he said has purchased this parcel. Is it Great Eastern Resort Company or is it Great Eastern Management Company that purchased this land? I'm going to go with what Sean says, and it's Great Eastern Resort Company. If, if, if memory serves correct, viewers and listeners, anyone watching this program can offer some perspective on this, please. If you know more about this, put your, comp, your thoughts in the feed. Great Eastern Resort Company, who Sean Tubbs is reporting, purchased Fox's Cafe. You do a basic Google search, and I don't know much about this business at all. But if you do a basic Google search, you will see this company is the company that owned Massanutten Resort. That owns Massanutten Resort. I don't know much about what's happening here. I'm being sincere and straightforward. Often when I talk about stuff, I have insider information that I can pass on to you, which is, I think, why you, the viewer and listener, listen, one of the reasons to this show. On this particular transaction, I don't know much about it, and I'm hoping to crowdsource some insight from you, the viewer and listener. Here's what I'm talking about. Sean Tubbs, talented reporter that covers real estate transactions in Charlottesville and Almaro County. He reports on his brand, his media platform, Town Crier, Town Crier Productions, that Great Eastern Resort Company has purchased Fox's Cafe and the land under it. The land is 0.384 acres, the 400 block of Avon Street. He reports that Great Eastern Resort Company paid $1.4 million for this and that this land contains a building constructed in 1961 that was home to the now-closed Fox's Cafe. I'm curious of why Great Eastern Resort Company has paid $1.4 million for this land in this building. This is the company that owns Massanutten Resort. I'm also curious if it's Great Eastern Resort Company that bought this or it was Great Eastern Management Company that bought this, because either one could be confused. That's the first topic of the show, something I've been curious about today. Um, Cully Baggett, welcome to the program. Kevin Yancey, welcome to the program. Thank you both kindly for joining us. Let us know where you guys are watching. Um, Kevin Yancey, where are you watching? Cully, where are you watching? And let's put the trivia, today's contest on screen. We've been giving away I Love Seville stickers and asking contests or, yeah, like con playing contests, games on the show where you can win. And I'm trying to figure out a way to do trivia or a contest where you can't use the internet to cheat or find the answer quickly. Isn't that one of the problems with trivia? Is like so many people are using their phones now that it's like almost cheating. It's on the honor code. Carol Thorpe, good afternoon. Yeah. So here's a new segment we will introduce. Along with the trivia we are doing, I want to do Where Am I? Where either Judah or I will take a photo of where we are in Charlottesville or Almaro or somewhere locally, and we will ask you to name the precise location we are standing. We will show a photo on screen. So you, the viewer and listener, put in the comment section the precise location of where I'm standing. Can you put the photo on, on screen if you could? Mm. Look at the screen here. It's on screen now? 
Just about. Fantastic. Thank you. There you Judah. go. Okay, it's on screen now. Great work, Judah. Where am I, guys? Tweet on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes. It's on screen. Where am I? Put the answer on the screen. I just put a photo on there. You tell me the precise location of where I am, and you can win an I Love Seville sticker. We will mail it directly to you. We will cover all postage. All postage, mail the, st- the sticker directly to you. There's the mayor right there. He's got a pink tie on one day after his birthday. Happy belated, Mayor Lloyd Snook. Um, Kevin Deancey says he's southbound from Northern Virginia right now in the cab of his truck. We love when you watch the show. All right, next topic. I learned this from Keith Smith. Do you want to add anything on the Fox's Cafe topic? I got a story from Fox's Cafe, but do you want to jump in on anything? No, not really. You know how I often tell the story of living in Belmont circa Mm -hmm. 2005? Yeah. I lived in Belmont 2005, right? Fox's Cafe was thriving in 2005. And interestingly, in 2005, you could still go into a restaurant and smoke inside. Smoke cigarettes. Remember those days? Yeah. Can you, can you under, do you at all comprehend now that we're in 2023 and the culture to cigarette smoke has changed so much, right? The acceptance, the approachability, and the patience with cigarette smoke has changed so much over a decade or 20 years. A time when you could be smoking in a restaurant like a diner or a cafe as small as Fox's. I would go in there while living in Belmont in 2005 because they had breakfast that was priced well. It was diner food. There, were not, there are not that many diners in Charlottesville, and the food's priced real well, and it's made with love. And you'd go into Fox's Cafe 2005. You'd walk to one of the tables back there. Either you're sitting at the bar or you're sitting at one of the tables behind the bar. Mm. Right? It was counter service. <clears throat> and the smoke would be so thick you would literally have to navigate this cloud of cigarette smoke. And, and, and I kid, but I'm not exaggerating that much. This way with your hands. I mean, I just want to think about the mindset of allowing cigarette smoke in a place. And I'm not just trying to isolate boxes, but just a restaurant in general. I mean, uh, you think that's crazy? I'm, I think this is before my time even but you used to be able to smoke on airplanes can you imagine that smoking on an airplane is way worse than smoking in a place like fox's although the fox's setup when it was a diner and an active restaurant was very narrow it was a long and narrow diner yeah did you ever eat at fox's no i never did never oh it was great i'm sure it was same faces working there it was it you know what fox's cafe Cater to, it catered to blue collar, old school, Charlottesville. Hmm. Blue collar, old school, Seville was in there drinking coffee, smoking cigs, enjoying diner food, and it was open around not around the clock but multiple meals. Anyway, one point four million. Cully Baggett says he knows what's coming um, to Fox's Cafe. What's coming, Cully Baggett? Wow. And he's watching on a job site. What's coming, Cully? Let us know. Your secret's safe with us and everybody else that is watching. Erin King says she knows where I am at. Put the photo back on screen. Where am I here? Put your answer in the comment section, and you will win an I Love Seville sticker. Erin King believes she knows where I am. Kevin Yancey, who's watching in his tractor trailer southbound from northern Virginia in the cab of his truck right now, also says he knows where we're at. How about you, Dylan's Rule, Ginny Who, John Blair? Do you know where we're at? Put it in the feed here. We'll get to the next topic here in a matter of moments. On Twitter, the comments are coming in fast and furious. Albert Graves retweeted the show, and he said, get in the know and get in the show. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Um, and he said, Ginny Hu says, now the kids just vape everywhere, which is still an issue for people allergic to nicotine. Not to mention, I don't want to breathe in your green apple cotton candy crap. Ha! 
I think she's talking about the reference of me smoking, not me specifically because I didn't smoke, but people smoking in Fox's Cafe. And she says, now folks are vaping everywhere, including kids. And she doesn't want to smell or breathe your green apple cotton candy crap. Yeah. For me, it would be anything, uh, probably anything banana or, uh, or coconut. You can, can you vape inside? I'm starting to see no vaping inside signage. I mean, I think technically there's, there's no law against it. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, a lot of places are starting to say, hey, we don't want that stuff in here. And you, uh, definitely, definitely not on, not on planes. Here's a trivia question that I may, I may use on future shows. Viewers and listeners, where are the only two places, what are the only two restaurants in Charlottesville city limits that you can smoke cigarettes inside? I know one of them. I don't know if I know the other one. There's two restaurants in Charlottesville city limits that you can crank a, a lung butter stick inside. What are those two restaurants? That may be a future trivia question. If you get it right today, I'll send you a sticker. Put them in the comment section. Um, all right, next comment, next, next topic. It's the, uh, the upzoning topic. The, here's an interesting tidbit for you. I learned this from Keith Smith. 14% mm-hmm. of single-family detached home sales in 2022 were houses in HOAs or POAs. Hmm. 14%. Of homes sold in the city of Charlottesville. What's a POA, a property owners I'm gonna, association? I'm going to give the exact uh, definition of a POA. POA is a property owners association. A POA, a property owners association, is a governing body that encompasses HOAs and COAs. A COA is a condominium owners association. An HOA is a homeowners association. Its primary purpose, the POA, is to be supportive of other associations and their members. POA fees are combined with HOA or COA fees. Serving as the type of umbrella organization, a POA often provides legislative, educational, and networking opportunities for property owners. So here's the nitty-gritty. 14% of homes sold in the single-family detached home sales in Charlottesville City last year, 2022, were in HOAs or POAs. Let's just call it HOAs. These HOA neighborhoods include, and I have the data in front of me, Amherst Commons, Belmont Cottages, Brookwood, Burnett Commons, the CNO Row Houses, Chisholm Place, Huntley, Lachlan Hill, Patton Street, River Bluff, Robinson Woods. Interestingly, the highest dollar, the unit single-family detached that was an HOA or POA that traded in 2022 for the highest dollar amount, it was the CNO row houses. Two units in 2022 in the CNO row houses, which is the area between Beer Run and the downtown mall. Yeah. Two units traded for over 1.5 million, one of them for 1,610,000 and the other for 1,550,000. Damn. Here's the point I'm making. And I will continue to make this point. I believe I was the first to make this point. And you got to rotate the lower third on screen, if you could, please. So people know the topic we're talking about on the two shot. Let's see. Thank you kindly. I think that's good for people to follow along. I'll get to comments here in a matter of moments. Um, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Whatever happens with upzoning and however it materializes or becomes a reality, it's fatally flawed in so many different ways. It's fatally flawed because the opportunity associated with upzoning is going to raise the value of land because that land becomes more opportunistic And by opportunistic, I mean you can make more money with it because you can put more bedrooms and and doors on the land now. I think one of the fatal flaws, and it's good for the people that live within them, it's bad for the people that don't, one of the other fatal flaws or aspects of collateral damage that come with upzoning 
is HOA neighborhoods will very much uptick in value because the land in these neighborhoods are, are protected by the covenants and restrictions associated with the HOAs. And those covenants and restrictions supersede anything that can be done with upzoning. So I'll say it. I'll say it to I'm blue in the face. I don't think the upzoning is going to create affordability. And I think the folks that are truly, 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 truly in the catbird seat, here are the people in the catbird seat, those that own homes in HOA neighborhoods, one. Folks that inherited land or have land, ba- land banking land for a long period of time, they got it from family, they've owned it for a long period of time, and they just happen to have land that's in upzone, highly dense areas in Charlottesville. They're the second winners. And then the third winners are going to be cash-rich investors and developers, folks that have strong cash positions that can be opportunistic here, and they can weather short-term headwinds, expensive land, expensive cost of goods, expensive labor, expensive city hall paperwork process. If you can get through all that crap, you can take a piece of land on JPA, High Street, you name the place, and you can dramatically up the density. And, and, and we're seeing, and we've talked about it on the show, a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment now in Charlottesville's two grand plus. So if you can buy a crappy house on Jefferson Park Avenue or a crappy house off a of high street, and you can knock it down, and you can do it strictly because the dirt allows you to build bedrooms, and those bedrooms, if you do it in a way that's somewhat decent, builder grade or a little bit better than builder grade, you're looking at bedrooms that are 2Gs or 2200 a month. I mean, good God. You take a crappy house, you buy it for half a million dollars, $750,000, you pay cash, you don't have any interest on it, then you have the debt, you have the capital, you have the capital to, to, to take that crappy house and put four or eight units on there. And then you take those four or eight units and you rent them out just for sake of math for two G's. I mean, you're looking at eight or 16,000 a month right from the get-go. And we know it's under-rented. Anyway, 14% of all single-family detached homes sold. And uh, 14% of, of, of single-family detached houses sold in 2022 were in HOA neighborhoods. I found that intriguing, and I wanted to pass that on to you. Neil Williamson's watching. I prioritize his comments because I like him, and he's smart. Neil Williamson says, for what it's worth, despite my personal feelings opposed to smoking in restaurants, back in the day, I had great difficulty with government mandating st- uh, the stop of smoking inside. Each restaurant owner already had that power, and it would be a competitive advantage. It is a competitive advantage. He's exactly right. It is a competitive advantage for two restaurants in Charlottesville City. What are the two restaurants in Charlottesville City where you can smoke in, when you, where you can burn a lung butter stick? What are other um, turns of the phrase for smoking, Judah? Mm, I mean, smoke a butt. Cancer stick. Smoke a butt. Smoke, is that really a widespread one? Yeah, you have, you've heard of smoke a butt? No? I've heard, I mean, I've heard someone call it cigabuts. Uh, I mean, but that's just someone, some, something that somebody made up. That's not necessarily like <clears throat> a widespread uh, That's how they all start. Term, I would think. There's two that I can think of. Put it in the air, put them in the comment section, and, and, and I'll relay your answers um, Live on air. Um, oh, Cully. So. Siggy's, darts, durries, yeah, rollies, darts. Uh, I'm not going to say the next one because some people might uh, <clears throat> mistake it for something else. Yeah, cancer sticks. Um, Apparently in Britain they call them binds or bogeys. Cully Baggett, who's in the real estate game, he says that uh, that's Dice Hammer's company who bought the Fox's parcel. And he owns Massa Nutton and was a major player in Spring Creek development. Dice Hammer was also big time with Lake Monticello. Uh, Cully Baggett also says that he has major properties elsewhere. I know uh, Dice Hammer. 
And he says he knows exactly what's coming to the Fox's Cafe parcel, but he will have to tell me off air because he does not want to mess up anything with the Great Eastern Resort Company and what they have in the works. But he says that they're going to kill it in that location. Massanutten 2. There's not going to be Massanutten 2 there. <laughs> All right, Cully, I'm open ears. I like to learn. Uh, Carol Thorpe says, Coffin Nails. Yep. Or another sentence. Coffin Nails. Cowboy Killers. Cowboy Killers is a good one. Uh, Smoke a Dart and Cowboy Killers are good ones. Um, Carol Thorpe, I mentioned this on air. Get, let's get to the school board. What's the next headline for school board? Can you read, read that live on air, Gina? The next headline for school board. Uh, let's see. Next uh, headline for the show. Joanne McDermott running for AC school board. Uh, what's the headline after that? First, put, put the Albemarle County School Board headline up. What struck you from her announcement? Which one? The first one, just the, uh, the fact that she's running for school board. Put that one on screen. What struck you from that uh, announcement of her running for school board? She's running in the Whitehall District. School Board, Whitehall District. Kevin Yancey, uh, Aberdeen Barn and Riverside are incorrect. You cannot smoke inside. Cannot, cannot smoke inside Aberdeen Barn or Riverside. There's two restaurants in Charlottesville City that you can burn a dart or uh, smoke a coffin killer. Coffin what? Coffin what? What, what was Carol said? Uh, cotton. Coffin nails? Coffin nails? Yeah, coffin nails. Coffin nails. Uh, Cully said Massanutten 2.0. That's a good one, Judah. <laughs> um, what struck you from her announcement? Uh, I mean, not a whole lot, but some of the numbers that came up were pretty, uh, pretty scary. Uh, the, um, so uh, set the stage, what you're talking about first. Who announced? And then what did she say? Set the stage. Oh, uh, let's see. Joanne McDermott. Uh, she announced. Um, I don't know if uh, Daily Progress was throwing shade or not. But, Why? Because uh, there was only eight people there? Yeah. They, Can I give all candidates a tip? Anyone announcing for anything moving forward in this town? Anyone announcing for office in any office moving forward in this town? Hear this. If you are going to make an announcement that you are running for office and you're doing it on the steps of the Almar County office building, the Almar County office building steps are large and vast. So unless you have a lot of people there, the photo opportunity that arises from the local newspaper or TV station is going to make you look bad. And the Daily Progress not only characterized her announcement with eight people in attendance, but they showed a photo that looks very meager well, with folks coming to show support. It's not a good look. Well, it shows that the eight people that were in attendance are standing behind her. If you, you have to understand the concept of managing perception. The Daily Progress, didn't they not literally say in the article that we're in front of eight people? She made her announcement? That was one of the, the first things that I saw. It was, uh, let's see, it's... Um, uh, You're going to read it to us? No, I was just looking... It, it, Please read it to it, us. It's in the second paragraph. Please read it to us. I feel a real sense of urgency about this situation, she said to the crowd of eight gathered at our campaign launch on the steps of the Albemarle County office building. There's Hall Spencer writing that for the Daily Progress. I don't think Hall's is throwing shade. I think he's talking that there were legitimately only eight people there. Yeah. It's in the second paragraph. We're talking about it on this show. Other people will talk about this. This. Look at the photo. I'm not trying to throw shade at Joanne. Joanne, I don't know you. I got nothing but love for you. You're welcome on this program. It'll be a fair interview. We'll give you an opportunity to reach a lot of people. I'll ask fair questions. We can really have a good time and, and a good chat and a good interview. But it's just a PR tactic, PR strategy. Do it in a small archway where a tight photo will show depth or busyness, or activity. Or, or call more than just eight of your friends. Or make the announcement behind a podium and don't have your friends stand behind you. So then the shot is just a tight one of you in the frame. Yeah. 
have you, your friends and your supporters standing in front of you. So when the photographer or the videographer takes the shot, they're doing it straight on. It's just a view. It's tighter and a more larger visual of you in the frame. Anyway, sorry. What jumped out of you from her announcement? I mean, mostly just the numbers. Uh, uh, she talks about uh, one-third of the school's students failed the Earth Science SOL. Uh, What's the number? Be very clear with these stats. This is, this is the candidate talking about why she felt inspired to run for school board, and she specifically discusses performance yeah. at, within ACPS or lack thereof. All right, very succinct with this this. The, the, these facts that you're going to say. Well, uh, the end of the the end of what she was saying uh, in that second paragraph is the objective data underscores widespread problems, and uh, 49. These are these are her numbers. So obviously we haven't uh, uh, we haven't double checked these, but she said 49% of students taking Algebra One at Western Albemarle High School failed to meet the state's SOL, or Standards of Learning Math Test. Now, I don't know how much I, uh, I don't know, I don't know how everybody feels about SOLs. Uh, I've, I know a teacher who was not a big fan of them, uh, but they still, uh, they still give quantifiable numbers. Uh, and uh, she also said that nearly yeah, it's, it's one called, It's third called a baseline of data. Nearly we one need something third like that. Of the school students failed the Earth Science SOL. Uh, almost a quarter failed the World History One SOL, and just under one fifth failed the English Writing SOL. Uh, and the results were even more heartbreaking for students with economic disadvantages or disabilities, as well as Hispanic students. So, I mean, that tells a tells a pretty grim story about the. Uh, um, how how well our our local children are uh, are learning these things? Are yeah. What they what they're supposed to what apparently they're supposed to learn in schools. It's. I, I'm I'm excited that she's running. I have props. I give props and have respect for her to jump in the game. There's no money to be had. Yeah. She's going to be working long hours. She's going to be away from her family. A lot of people are going to dislike her, and the remaining people are not even going to know her name. Mm-hmm. Okay? Civic duty and public service is a brutal decision to make. Trust yeah. me. First hand over here. Jaramita seems to disagree with her. This is Philly G's, the spokesman of ACPS. What did Philly G say? You're doing a good job, by the way. Well, uh, this does seem like he's throwing some shade. He says, this kind of reminds me of the story of the blind man and the elephant and the fact that where you land on the elephant determines what you find, which implies to me that he's saying that she's... she's just picking random data only, points. Yeah, looking at... She's not looking at the whole picture. She's looking at, you know, the tail or the trunk or the... She's cherry-picking data to leverage in a platform for candidacy is what he's saying. I don't know. That's that, what Philly G said. I don't know that he's saying that she's, she's cherry picking the data as much as he's saying that maybe she just doesn't have the whole picture. <laughs> tomato, tomato. No, I'm tomato, tomato. I am not reading here that he's accusing her of picking what she wants, what she's using to make her point. Whiskey jar does not allow smoking inside. Uh, folks that are putting that in, in the feed. Um, Vanessa Parkhill, you got a one. Nora Gaffney, you also have one. Two restaurants, Charlottesville City, you can smoke in. Um, Aaron King, you're onto something. Regardless if the data is cherry pick data, okay, regardless. Let's just say the data, is, some of the data is cherry picked that she's using for this campaign. There's too much smoke to not think there's fire mm-hmm. in this school system. This has been as challenging a year for ACPS as you can possibly put together. <coughs> Seriously. 
you got all the stuff we've documented on this program. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, majority control of the Almoral County Public School Board, Almoral County School Board, is up for grabs this election cycle, four of seven seats. Four of seven. That is the most important, I think, election. Those four seats are the most important of the elections, uh, of, of what's up for grabs this cycle. You got a competitive race on paper with Sally Hudson and Creed Deeds for Senate. You got a really competitive race in delegate with Bellamy Brown, Katrina Colson, and Dave Norris. Mm -hmm. Dave Norris is on tomorrow's show, 10, 15 a.m., real talk. Dave Norris, tomorrow morning, 10, 15 a.m. You got a real competitive race there. You got a competitive race for city council. Five candidates, Deshaun Cooper, Michael Payne, Lloyd Snook, Natalie Oshren, who am I forgetting? Oh, Bobby Fenwick. But the what I'm really going to be following is the school board race. You cannot smoke in Rapture, Vanessa Parko. You cannot smoke inside Rapture. All right. Um, I'm, I, I'd like to learn from you on this question. Before we get to the next topic, why is one side of the downtown mall thriving and why is the other side of the downtown mall languishing? Let's put the photo on screen. Where am I? Put the comments on, in, on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere you are watching. Look at the photo. Is it on screen now? Yep. Where am I? Look at the photo. Where am I? You tell me exactly where I am precisely, and I will uh, we'll mail you an I Love Seville sticker postage on us. You can't, you can't Google this answer. It's a great game to play for a show like this. Um, you, hmm. What, you're saying you can Google the answer? I don't know. Why, you would Google the sign? Do you want to read what that sign says? I'll read that sign. I took a picture for those who are just listening on Spotify or iTunes and not seeing the visual version of the show. I took a photo of Jack Jewett's ride. It's a sign, one of those historical landmark landmarkers. And this is what the sign says. On, four, on June 4, 1781, John Jack Jewett Jr. arrived at the Admiral County Courthouse to warn the Virginia legislator of approaching British troops. The state government under Governor Thomas Jefferson had retreated from Richmond to reconvene in Charlottesville because of the threat of British invasion during the Revolutionary War. Jewett had spotted Colonel Tarleton and his 180 dragoons. Yeah. What's a dragoon? Uh, it's like a cavalryman, but they ride on dragons. <laughs> I don't know. You want me to look it up? <laughs> Jewett had, Jewett had, Jewett had spotted <laughs> Colonel Tarleton and his one hundred and eighty dragoons and seventy cavalrymen forty miles east at Kuku Tavern and rode through the night to reach here by dawn. Jewett's historic ride, which allowed Jefferson and all but seven of the legislators to escape, was later recognized by the Virginia General Assembly, which awarded him a sword and a pair of pistols. That's cool. What's a dragoon? They were a class of mounted infantry who used horses for mobility but dismounted to fight on foot. <clears throat> So they're like cavalrymen, but they jump off and and fight that way when uh, things got head up. Albert Albert Graves on Twitter says cowboy killer for the uh, cigarette, mm -hmm. and Ginny Who says it's a British cavalry regiment. Yeah, damn Ginny, you're a smart lady. I'm gonna respond to her. Wow, you are a smart lady. Send that to her on Twitter. Um, all right, last topic. Why do you think one side of the mall is thriving and the other side of the mall is struggling? Bob Yarbrough, you're a smart man. Uh, you cannot smoke at the Lazy Parrot anymore. A lot of people are putting Lazy Parrot as the place you can smoke. That is not the case. You used to be able to smoke at the Lazy Parrot. In fact, lazy, I met that Judy. That was the Lazy Parrot bar, wasn't I it? Met, let's tell the Lazy Parrot story. Okay, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that there was a single story interestingly the lazy parrot 
is woven into the fabric of I Love Seville's history. So I'm self-employed 15 years in May. So in one month, I've been self-employed for 15 years. To help the business in its early days, in its infancy, when I launched I Love Seville, I used to host I Love Seville trivia at bars around the area. One of the bars that routinely host I Love Seville Trivia, in fact, was the first place where we did I Love Seville Trivia, was the daily, was the Lazy Parrot Grill. And this was the OG. Wilson Ritchie, you are right. That's one of the two places that you can smoke at in Charlottesville City. There's one other place you can smoke at, Wilson Ritchie. I love when Wilson Ritchie watches the program. He's made this town so much better. Wilson, I sincerely mean that. So the old Lazy Parrot was in the Food Lion Shopping Center. That's the Pantop Shopping Center. Yeah. This was back in the day. I'm talking like 15 years ago, probably 12 years ago. Okay, this this is not where Lazy Parrot is now. Right. Lazy Parrot is now is in NCAP, yeah. a really sweet spot. Back in the day when Kevin Kirby first launched Lazy Parrot, I believe he was working for the rescue squad or the fire department as well at the same time. He opened this bar inside the shopping center, tucked into the shopping center. And this was a damn good bar. This was a dive bar. This was a fantastic bar. It was priced well. It had fantastic chicken wings. It had beer that was ice cold and priced fairly. It had liquor that was cheap that you could shoot and you could drink a lot of it. It had a boatload of televisions for sports. It, it had, had buckets of beers. It had dartboards. It had foosball tables. It had karaoke. It had trivia. Kevin Yancey, you're exactly right. Back when Super Jock JJ was rocking the house, Jimmy O was playing the patio. Lazy Parrot. This particular restaurant you could smoke at inside. I'd almost forgotten the patio. You could smoke inside Lazy Parrot. And when I was launching I Love Seville, early in any business, I was doing anything to make a dollar, an honest dollar. And one of the things I was doing was hosting I Love Seville trivia nights at local bars, where I would use our massive following on social media, tell folks that I was hosting a trivia night at a particular location, and go to this location with um, a friend who ran audio and visual. He had speakers, he had music, he had a microphone. I would ask 15 trivia questions. He was the man in black, that's right, Kevin Quigley. I'd ask 15 trivia questions, all tied to Charlottesville, that were impossible to Google. That's where I met Judah Wickhauer. Judah Wickhauer was a customer at the Lazy Parrot. He was sitting in the corner of the Lazy Parrot. You were sitting by yourself that day. You were on your iPad with a stylist doing graphic design, smoking cigs and drinking like Bud Heavies and ripping Jaeger shots. Okay. What, isn't that a, what you were doing? <laughs> I don't remember. I remember this vividly. And I'm walking by you. The bathrooms were in the corner of the restaurant. I'm walking by you. And I see this guy doing graphic design on an iPad. And I'm like, God, this guy's effing talented. Who the hell is this guy? And I stopped and introduced myself. And somehow I said, I uh, own a branding and advertising company. We do graphic design work. I said, can I see your portfolio? You swipe through photos on your iPad. And I said, I had some freelance commission work for you. Are you interested? And then that led to uh, you working here. That literally led to you working here. That sounds like a condensed version of... Uh... That's what happened. Okay. Legitimately. That was 12, 13 years ago this summer. All right. That Lazy Parrot was, was everything that was awesome about Charlottesville, though. That was a great bar. You could get cheap wings, ice-cold beer. Jill was behind the bar. It had two sides, so if you hated someone, you could sit on the other side. The other side, that's what it. allowed Kevin to have smoking at his bar, is because one side had a different filtration system for the smoke. Didn't they separate them? Yeah, they were separated by oh, a wall. Oh, but yeah, then there was like a third side. Because the bar was like a U. Yeah. So you had like one side and then a little, you know, the, the front and then another side. Mm. And then you had that separated off room. Yeah. It <clears throat> was a fun place. So. It was an amazing place. Super Jock JJ, Jimmy yeah. O, us doing trivia, dance night on Friday and Saturday night. 
The Got Lazy my... Parrot Grill was the only place in Charlottesville where you would see two motorcycle gangs legitimately wearing their colors, their vests with their patches, in the bar, socializing and drinking and hanging out. Maybe you would see that at Double Horseshoe Saloon as well. You literally had, like, it was like the melting pot for people getting off work, blue-collar, white-collar, families, baseball teams, softball teams, adult, football fans, sports fans, everyone. And, And they still have one. Interestingly, he had two lazy parrots in the same shopping center at one time. Remember that? Kevin Kirby, for years, had two lazy parrots in the same shopping center, like 300 yards down from each other. Now there's only one. It's not every day you see one business owner opening two restaurants with the same name 300 yards away from each other on the same shopping center. Can you think of any other time? No. No. All right, next question, topic I want to cover here is, why is one side of the downtown mall doing well? And Wilson's watching. He could help answer this question. Why is one side of the downtown mall doing better than the other? It's no secret. The Omni side of the downtown mall is performing better from a customer engagement standpoint. (laughs) Is it just the shops? No, I think it's part of it. It's Wilson Ritchie. Hmm. That, the whiskey jar side is doing way better than the pavilion side. Neil Williamson yeah. said Judah downing Bud, Bud, Wise, Bud Heavies and taking ripping Jaeger shots. Is that the, two, the true secret magic of the I Love Seville show? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, I took so many ice-cold Jaeger shots at Lazy Parrot Grill. Shots poured by Jill. So many buckets of beers at that bar. It was fantastic. It's fantastic. Here, here's to the downtown mall question. The pavilion side of the downtown mall, when there's not a concert, yeah. the light, the lighting, the lighting on that side of the mall sucks. Yeah, no doubt. It needs to be improved. One of the things the Downtown Merchant Association or Friends of Charlottesville or Charlottesville City Hall can do is, an improve, is improve the lighting on that side of the mall. And there's that sketchy tunnel that comes that goes under the Belmont Bridge. Yeah. That tunnel is sketchy. I've seen some sketchy stuff happen there. You want more lights on that side. Hmm. Also, there's a tremendous amount of loitering that happens at the bus station and around the pavilion, especially after hours. That that loitering it from used to, it used to be bad. It used to be really bad. My wife and I went on date night, and we walked from Tavla to the downtown mall for a nightcap at Ivan, Ivan's uh, Zocalo. Ivan Rekash owns Zocalo. Yeah. And we walked from Tavla to Zocalo, and we cut across the Melbourne Bridge to go to the downtown mall. And that area by the pavilion and the free speech wall with no lights, it was sketchy as I mean, I felt unsafe walking with my wife that day, and I do not feel unsafe ever. I rarely feel unsafe walking downtown. There used to be two or three people's belongings by the bus stowed, station, stowed by the bus station in front of the door on the upper level of the bus station. Yeah, and sometimes there wouldn't even be anybody there. But why would you? I mean, there'd be like there'd be sleeping bags and clothing, their life and food, their whole life. Yeah. And it was just there every day. Every day. So you want to make that side of the mall better, put more lights around it and brighten it up. You want to make that side of the mall better, and here's, an un, here's, a, here's something that when I make this comment, socialist, socialist Charlottesville and very left-leaning Charlottesville gives me crap for this. You want to make that side of the downtown mall better? Manage the houseless population and the panhandling population better. And do something with the, uh, and do something with the bus stop. The upper, yeah. the upper floor of that is, is empty now. Why not turn it into like a, a cafe so that people waiting for their bus can stop and get a water or an orange juice or actually use a bathroom? I mean, come on. There are no bathrooms. Great idea right there. Great idea right there. Absolutely fantastic idea. There you go. Another reason that side of the downtown mall doesn't work great is because the businesses close really early on that side of the mall. You got the post office. It's closed at 5, and let's cut to the chase. It's the post office. You got, you got the uh, place with the dope salad bar, uh, Blue Ridge Country Store. 
Blue Ridge Country Store, if it's not daytime, that it's place closed. ain't open. Same with Bagby's. And the weekends. Bagby's closes at 3, I think. Bagby's is closed. Then Himalayan got- Fusion, worst kept secret in Charlottesville, Himalayan, Himalayan Fusion is for sale. And the hours are random as all get out at Himalayan Fusion. Yeah. The old Bashirs. I took a picture of it because I wasn't sure if it was closed down. Uh, Stu our- Rifkin's got the listing. Himalayan but, uh, Fusion's for sale. But now I think the hours are, are 4 to 8 or 4 to 9 or something like that. The old Bashirs. Yeah, that's now... It's a c- office for Charlottesville City functions. Public works or something like that. So it's now an office for five. Charlottesville City Hall. Closes at 5. Yeah. You yeah, got... The, uh, the computer place, the computer fixing place. Computer fixing place. Uh, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got cinema cinema skates or what is that called? You got skateboard shop. Cinema skate shop. Louis Place. You've got the hair uh, hair salon. Yeah. Bank of America ATM. You got nothing that would get people to go to that side of the mall after 5 p.m. Yeah. And there's no secret. You have five empty storefronts on the downtown mall. Five of them that are active right now. And four of them are all in that area between Heather Higher Way and the chalkboard and the free speech wall. There's a reason you have four of the five empty storefronts are all in that one area. Because there's nothing for folks to do when there's no concert going on. When there's no pavilion show going on. And, and, and Wilson's watching right now. Props to Wilson Ritchie. Dude is single-handedly the most prolific restaurateur. The dude is undoubtedly the most prolific restaurateur in the area. He's also putting his, um, uh, he's also walking the walk and not just talking the talk. He owns the real estate his restaurants are in, a lot of them. Owns the Cafe Frank building and owns the Bebedero Rockfish building. Mm-hmm. Wilson does. Yeah. Dude's got skin in the game. And his restaurants are cool. One of the best happy hours in Charlottesville is the happy hour at the Whiskey Jar. The happy hour has discounts on Virginia beer and, and whiskey. Dude, under 10 bucks, you can get a pint. 10, 11 bucks, you can get a pint and a whiskey shot. In and out, 30 minutes, feeling nice. Sometimes long days are huge, dude. I'm going, I gotta get a... No. All right, we'll leave it alone. Long days with me. <sighs> Anything else you want to add on the downtown mall thing? I think we gave legit advice there. Get yeah. more lights over there. Yeah. Do something with the bus station. Use that for public restrooms. Mm-hmm. Manage the houseless and panhandling population in that particular strip better. Yeah. Joe Geek has a lot of these empty storefronts. The guy I bought this studio from, this storefront from. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, where am I? I want to put the photo up. A couple of people got it right. Let's give out, I don't want to put more work on you here, but I feel like a couple people uh, deserve um, stickers today that we will mail to them. Um, Vanessa Parkhill, you are right. Red Pump Kitchen, which is on the, it's an end cap there on 4th Street. Cap, Red Pump is events and classes now. They're not even open for restaurant. They're not even open uh, for uh, retail restaurant use. Of, and, and the people that own Red Pump own Pippin Hill. So they can weave Red Pump Kitchen into this like vertically integrated food and beverage, hospitality, and events behemoth that they've created. They also own a hotel in South Carolina, like a boutique hotel. Where am I? Comments at the comment section. Um, you know what? I want to hook... Uh, let's hook two people up. Erin King is going to get props. Erin King, she's watching at Feast. Can you send Erin King a DM with a mailing address so we can send her an I Love Seville sticker? I am, in fact, at the corner in Court Square of East High Street and Park Street. If you put the photo on screen that shows where I, really, where I am with a larger uh, perspective, Aaron King, you are correct. The corner of East High Street and Park Street. She gets a sticker. Um, there I am right there. Make sure you DM her if you could, please, sir. And let's also hook up um, 
Christelle and Lake Monticello. Ooh, two catering directors, two folks that are directors in hospitality are getting hooked up today. Christelle does catering for C&O Restaurant for uh, Chef Dean Maupin. And Aaron King is one of the head honchos um, at Feast. So Christelle is watching on the I Love Seville group. She says the corner of High and Park Street. And Aaron King is watching on the I Love Seville Facebook page. If you can hook them both up. I'll tag you in the comment section so you see them, J-Dubs. And then I want to close with anything you want to, uh, anything you learned today. No? Yes? Anything I've learned today? It's a talk show. I know. I'm Got to talk. I'm thinking and I'm looking up names and uh, maybe you should tell What's me that? what you've learned today. Um, I, I learned that I need to give Judah a heads up when I'm going to close the show with anything I, I learned today. Well... Also, when you've just told me a couple people's names, and uh, I'm not even sure how to spell Christelle. I, ta- I told you I would tag you in the comments. I tagged you in the, the two tags that are atop your Facebook page and All notifications right. are the two tags for the winners of the sticker. All right. Okay. I'm, you're right. I'm throwing a lot of stuff to you at once. Um, I learned, this is what I learned today. Um, Carol, I'm going to go with karaoke for what I learned today. Where's the best place to karaoke in Charlottesville, and Elmore County? Where can you currently karaoke in Charlottesville, or Elmore County? Name one place that you can karaoke in Charlottesville, and Elmore County. There's a underground, pa- passionate, and ready to engage population of Charlottesville that wants nothing other than to drink craft beer, pound white Zinfandel, and shoot ice-cold Jägermeister while singing at the top of their lungs. Give me one more time. Baby got back. Oh, good grief. And living on a prayer. Please, someone return karaoke to Charlottesville and Almaro County and watch as folks flock to your location. That's for you, Carol Thorpe. Man, I haven't seen, I haven't been anywhere that's, that's got my point. karaoke what? since I lived in It used to be Baja being on the corner. Used to be Baja being on the corner. Used to karaoke at oh, Lazy yeah, Parrot right. Grill. You could used, used to, to Lazy Parrot, Lazy Parrot Grill karaoke. In fact, I've seen Stacy. Her name is Stacy Reed now. She moved to Florida with Shane Reed and her three sons. She was the general manager of Baja being on the UVA corner. Stacy Reed used to mix drinks on the UVA corner while singing karaoke and doing it like as like beautifully and, and, and as hot as possible. It was hot, Stacy. She's my friend's wife, so I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant if I can say that. This was years ago, but it was, it was, I, it was a I, sight to see. I used to draw portraits of the people that were uh, singing uh, karaoke at... Well, no, it wasn't karaoke. It was open, night, open mic night, but... Uh, Decades is about to open on the downtown mall, Wilson, and it's opening on that side of the mall. You're 100% right. That will help the side of the mall. When the arcade moves to the pavilion side of the mall, that's going to help. Anyone that's opening a business on that side of the mall, if you're not, if you're, if not opening a business that's tied to an experience, you're going to probably lose. The, the, the future of selling a widget or some kind of like something on a shelf in downtown Charlottesville, that future may be behind us. You need to sell an experience to have success downtown. An experience, something to draw people. Decades will help, Wilson. I 100% agree with you. Um, all right, that's the show. Anything else you want to say? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of Yiddish. Oh, that's right. Judah's going to do a Yiddish reference every show. This is for Ginny Who. Go. All right, first one. Uh, this is from Seinfeld. I know a lot of people out there Love are Seinfeld. big Seinfeld fans. Uh, Shtickle. Here's means a, a little bit, a bit of. And here's the line from Seinfeld. Okay, Chrissy, give me a shtickle of fluoride. 
And, and this is just great. Um, Schnee Kishela. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that quite right, but the Schnee Kishela is the Yiddish word for marshmallow oh. and literally means tiny little snow pillows. Oh. I think that's great. That's for Ginny Who. Uh, Albert Graves on Twitter, Pro Renata has karaoke once a week. Ginny hmm. Who on Twitter, Riverside North has karaoke as well. All right, that's the show. I was at the corner of East High Street and Park Street. We're back tomorrow at 10.15 a.m. with Dave Norris, former Charlottesville mayor, running for state delegate. 10.15 a.m., Real Talk. For Judah Wickhauer, I'm Jerry Miller.